I'm delighted to say I'm joined online by Alinda Sigara, who fronts Hooray for the Riff Raff, who I've been a massive fan of for the last decade plus, and who have a new album coming out in the new year, and also to tag along with that, a date in the Button Factory in Dublin in May. Alinda, you're very welcome along to the show, and thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. It's brilliant to have you along. My first encounter with your music, as I say, came about a decade ago. Uh, I worked backwards and then proceeded to walk onwards with you uh, with the subsequent albums that have come since uh, 2012. Um, it seems like it's been quite the journey. Have you gotten your head around where you are at the moment in terms of your music and the progress that you've made and the kind of person that you started off being putting out your own music and, and being unknown such now and having album after album and, and world tours and coming to places like Ireland? You know, I think for a really long time, I was very forward focused and I didn't look back very much. Um, and this record is a lot of that, of, of, of taking a step back and walk, just thinking back on how far I've come as as a yeah musician that started out, you know, making my own CDs and making my own album art and everything. Um, it's been a really interesting experience, but also I still feel like I'm always thinking about the next project and wanting to stay inspired, you know, and feeling like my best work is still yet to come. Yeah, because I was just thinking when I saw, I got the notification, was it last week when Alibi dropped and yeah. there was notification of the tour, I was like, hold on a minute now because do you know the way time has kind of had this weird concertina effect since pandemic where you're like eh, that was not, not it was 2020 not oh, two I, weeks ago i um, love the concertina <laughs> image yeah for sure it's expanding and contracting all yeah, the time it is but i was thinking it's like did she not have an album like six months ago come on <laughs> yeah. now uh, but it's 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 <laughs> like longer. you were here. I know it has been longer, and that's the thing. My 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 sense of timing is warped. I think it's the fact that you played here last year as well has kind of altered things. But even still, like touring is a, is is not an easy endeavor, and and the fact that you managed to put together a collection of songs so quickly while also being on the road, uh, I guess speaks to your, uh, I guess inspiration for this album first of all, and then secondly your ability to write on the road. Yeah, it's new for me, actually, um, to write so much on the road. I keep making the joke with my friends. I'm like, well, you know, things have been bad because I have a new album already. (laughs) (laughs) But no, I think I, you know, we had a lot of tours. We had multiple tours in the U.S. opening up for Bright Eyes. And that was a really amazing experience. And just like being able to listen to that level of lyricism every night, I think really influenced me for sure. Um, And I just think that, you know, we're still coming out of this crazy experience we had globally with the pandemic. Um, And I'm still kind of getting back into going out into the world and I don't know, it gave me a, a, it gave us all a moment to really take stock of what we've done so far and what we want to keep doing, you know? Yeah. You got Connor to work on, on this album, at least in a little part with the two, believe I did, yes. Because I thought the lyrics to that song were very, I felt like this is definitely a, a song that he helped inspire lyrically, you know, with just word choices and little turns of phrase. I felt like him singing on it would be perfect. He he kind of he he acts as a great foil in that way. Like I go back to 
stuff that he's done with Jenny Lewis and there's other artists as well that he's guested with. Obviously, he has his own fantastic and extensive solo career, but he seems like somebody that people are able to bounce off really well. Yeah, I think being around anyone that's so dedicated to their art and so, you know, talk about someone who's very prolific as well. Yeah. I, um, I just love being around lyricists like that, artists like that. It's just so rare and to, to meet somebody who's equally as obsessed, you know, with the craft that you're obsessed with. Yeah. Um, so I think it was just a really wonderful experience for me and it really um, inspired me. When I first saw him live, it was um, one of the most, you mentioned the word intense there a couple of times. It was, it was one of the first times I was at a gig and I was genuinely you kind of step outside of it for a moment. You're like, you're worried about the person because he was so invested in mm. not only the, his, his performance, but the delivery as well. Like it was, it was a very full on experience. And I kind of, I, I've gotten that a little bit from yourself from time to time, not necessarily the full on intensity and the kind of wild eyedness, but there's certainly you're invested in your music as you're performing. It's not a trudge through, let's do 13 songs and get out of here and move on to the next town. kind of. Oh, thing. for sure. I mean, I also think like we're at this point in history where it's like it's go time you guys like you might if you're making your art you might as well go all the way with it and you if you're going to sing a song you might as well really sing the song because we're just facing so many crises and changes and we're at such a pivotal point in human history i feel like um that there's just no time to waste you know that's what a lot of this record is about is just feeling like um this is really a moment that I want to grasp and I wanted to really honor my writing so far. And I wanted to honor the life that I've lived and all the people I've met and, and everything that's influenced me so far. Was th- was this the first album where, because I know mentioned it, and I don't know how much you want to touch on it yourself, that like grief had, had, had influenced your, your songwriting and that can be, that can be such an inspirational thing um, yes. to, to kind of open up uh, artistic avenues that maybe you hadn't explored before um yes. generally but, but certainly for yourself as well i don't know if you wanted to go into to detail on what precipitated that yeah i feel comfortable with it you know i um my father passed away very suddenly a month okay. before making this record and he was i mean he still is such a huge influence on me he was a musician and and an artist in his own right and um And I feel like so much of my writing in the past actually has been about carrying other people's grief and kind of being a bit of a, a doula, helping my, trying to help my community deal with a loss, like an older song of mine, like St. Rock Blues. Um, And I felt like I was very much trying to take care of my community and try to hold something that people were really uh, struggling with. But I felt a little bit like I was a witness to it. And this is my first time really feeling that just, you know, I think about the tarot, I think about the uh, the tower card. Like I just, this is the first time grief just tore down everything in me. And, you know, a very good friend of mine said to me that people often believe that people who are grieving, they see differently they're just it's good to go to them and to to hear what they have to say or what they're experiencing because it's like you see in this new way that's kind of unburdened by a lot of the crap that 
confuses us or distracts us. Um, and I do think there's like a window of that time. And I felt like I was in that window where it was just like everything was so clear and what mattered was so clear and what didn't matter was so clear. Um, and now I feel like I'm a little bit back in our world, <laughs> the <laughs> mundane, <laughs> but, but it really affected the, the record obviously. And I felt, um, I was so grateful to have this record to make because I think if I didn't, I wouldn't have known what to do with all of that, um, feeling. There was just so much feeling. Um, so that, yeah, it was a big part of it, obviously. It's such a, it's such an amazing outlet to have because like, I, I'm not an artistic person to say the least. And like, I lost my dad eight years ago. Oh, and wow. it, it is, it is a, like, look, it's, it's a, it is a massively changing thing. And you don't really see that until you're a little bit removed from it. And you kind of mm -hmm. see that the, the fault line that's there and there's a kind of a before and after, and you do tend to see things a little differently. And there is, it, it, for, for want of a less coarse term, you've less time for bullshit because you kind of yeah. know that, that, uh, that, you know, this is it, this is your one shot, you know, and this is the, the only like chance you're going to have to, to talk to this person or to do that or to make this record or to, you know, stuff like that. So taking that out in the road is going to be quite the experience, I'd imagine. Yes. And at first I was very scared because I don't really, you know, talk about performing and stuff I don't I was like am I gonna cry you know I'm like still a Bronx kid I like have some toughness in me I'm like I don't want to cry on stage <laughs> but I have done a lot of the songs doing acoustic tours I, I did a couple of acoustic tours in the states and um some little shows and I felt like it felt really good and I felt safe with the audience and I felt um really like I would there's no other songs I'd rather be singing, you know, and it, um, so I'm excited about it. It's not as if anybody's going in there with the kind of anti antagonistic attitude towards it as well, either. They know you. Exactly. They're, they're there because they're literally because they like you and they want you to do well and succeed. So it's not as if they're going to be like, she's crying on stage. What a wolf. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think I'm finally starting to take in that love as well of, of understanding that there are people out there who've been supporting me for a very long time now, like what you're saying with a decade, you know, um, it's really starting to sink in and I'm, I'm finally allowing myself to feel that support. And, um, I think it's going to be a different experience, you know, to, to finally take it in and, and be confident in that. Yeah, you kind of become a fuller person when you have something like that to deal with and then you kind of are able to, like you, we're always told to kind of talk it out and you're kind of doing it in the biggest way possible. Yeah, with a very big audience of friends. <laughs> He's like, Hi, I'm Alinda and I've got some stories to tell. Uh, between yeah. 10 and a half, 10. Uh, by the way, the mercy stand is at the back. Yeah. Totally. Um, but like what kind of music informed because you're, you've been a bit of a chameleon uh, over the last while um, in terms of jumping from style to style I think the last record and judging from what Alibi sounds like you seem to have settled into one particular route or will things jump around a little bit more in this new record I would say that Alibi definitely has the most um like Americana vibe but I think that all of these songs are very much songwriter songs you know I wasn't me and Brad Cook who produced this record as well as Life on Earth we were not focused on, oh, let's experiment with 
different instrumentation and like bring a synth in here. And, you know, it wasn't that type of process. It was yeah. much more, these songs are so there already. And all we need to do is sing them and let, let people hear them. So um, I was thinking much more of like Dylan blood on the tracks. You know, I really wanted to go in there and just let it out. And I was really hoping that the much like that record that the listener would feel kind of a season, you know, when I put on that record, I feel it and it feels as if it's fall or winter's coming. And I really wanted that type of cohesive uh, experience. I was talking to somebody else about that uh, last week. There's a, I don't know if you know, uh, this is the kit um, we're playing here this week. No. Um, re- really good. I'd, I'd recommend that you probably really, really like them actually. Um, but they were saying, I was like putting them, because I said, oh, listen, your, your songs always just remind me of autumn. There's a certain type mm. of song that has an earthiness to it. And it's one of those, I think I, it always comes back to when I was listening to stuff like, like you mentioned, Blood in the Tracks, there's stuff like Tapestry as well, where you can hear the room in the best yeah. possible way. That That's that's when a record is really onto something. And I think hearing the room has been lost a little bit in a lot of a lot of music in the last decade plus, whether that's because of uh, digital recordings or whatever else. But like the, the sense that you could be in one corner of the room and the other person is over in the other putting this into yeah. the microphone is, is, is something that can be lost. Yeah, and it t- it's a it takes a lot of vulnerability. Yes. To uh, to really believe in your song that much, and to believe that all you need to do is kind of ride it, you know, and and that the listener will feel it. You don't need to dress it up a lot, and you don't need to hide anything. Um, I think I definitely experienced that with this recording process and a lot of it was just because you know grief makes you really tired (laughs) and I was too it was you know I feel I I feel for Brad for having to deal with me at that time in my life um but I was just a little bit too tired to fight and I'm like okay sure that's the take I guess (laughs) you know I was too tired to doubt myself Um, and I I did have a lot of faith in the songs. And I also had a lot of faith in, in being guided by, you know, the spirits or the muses. Um, I, I really lean back into that faith. Um, we have to talk about Ireland because it's a place you've, mm-hmm. you've popped into on occasion before. Have, has the place meant anything to you? Is, is it something you've sensed differently with the crowds that we have here? They more, for sure. Uh, with yourself, that kind of stuff. For sure. I feel like every time I've played in Ireland, it has been, talk about spiritual experience. I just felt like the audiences were so deeply loving and so um, connected to music and to story. And, um, you know, when I was about 19, before I really had the band going in a professional way, I did a lot of busking um, and traveled a bit around um, around Ireland and slept outside and, you know, did. No way. Yeah. And like went to pubs and would ask if I could just like play a song occasionally, you know? Um, so I, it, I've always had a really special place in my heart because of that experience. And then of course, with just 
recordings that I found that I learned about through the the folk scene. Um, I'm a very big Paul Brady fan, the early Paul Brady music, like the Lakes of Pontchartrain is one of my favorite recordings of all time. Um, so songs like that, these ballads, these really long, intricate stories just have always meant a lot to me. And they've taught me so much about songwriting. That's something I got from watching, you know, like the Dylan documentary. It's like, oh, this is a great tip. I'm going to go down this rabbit hole. Have you ever reached out to Brady or to any of those musicians? I haven't actually. Can I, we'll, we'll put the call out there now. Cause that, nice. that's, a, that's, a, <laughs> okay. that's, that's a meeting that has to happen because like I go back to the stuff he would have done. Like you mentioned there with Andy Irvin and in the, room, yeah. you know, the uh, periphery of Planksty and even his, his early solo work. There's, there's a lot of, yeah, I can see a lot of cross pollination between that and yourself. I've been trying to memorize Arthur McBride. I don't know if you know that song. I've been trying to memorize it for like years. And it's my goal to one day go to Ireland and like be at the pub and be like, check this out, you guys, (laughs) and be able to do it. But my memory is not that good. So I'm working on it. When was the the, the busking around Ireland and the sleeping outside in doorways and, and all that kind of stuff? Um, I was 19. I'm 36 now. Okay. Uh, I guess it would probably it was shortly after Hurricane Katrina. And it was yes. me and, and friends from um, from New Orleans that we came out and we, we got like a one way ticket. We flew into Dublin and I was playing the banjo. My friend was playing the washboard. You know, and we had like an accordion. It was just like little street urchin vibes where we were busking all around and we went to France also went to Germany um, and we're just sleeping in parks and, and busking on the street. Um, and it was a really amazing experience, obviously, you know, um, I met so many wonderful musicians. I'm, I'm going to put this out in the, in, in the ether that you and you and Paul Brady have to meet and have to have some kind of songwriting summit, uh, like the bass or something like that and get your, get yourselves together and knock your heads together and, and quote something because I hear it. Like I can, like, it's a good thing when I can already hear it in my head. And certainly that would, uh, that would make the world a little bit better, but uh, best of luck with the album, best of luck with the tour, best of luck with everything personally as well over the next while and, uh, continued strength, obviously enough in your, in your, in your personal life there, Linda too. Thank you so much. So nice to talk to you.